Ball so hard, you better believe me, it's scary. It's basketball at the bar with Calvin and Barry. So put a tip in the jar, cause these dudes can really fill it up. Whether it's buckets you need enough just a beer in a cup. We're here for fresh conversations, got some delicious libations. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notifications. My boys got you covered like you being guarded by pay. From the glove to the cloth and everyone else in between. Calvin and Barry got everything that you need. So sit back, relax, because we're starting the show. It's basketball at the bar, grab your drinks and let's go. Yeah, yeah. Grab a drink and let's go. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notifications. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notifications. Let's get it. What up, ballers? Welcome to Basketball at the Bar. Join us live every weekday for the best NBA podcast here on YouTube, where the drinks are hot or cold actually and the takes are hot there's no dress code and you can take us wherever you go so pull up a stool drop a like and don't forget to subscribe this is basketball at the bar grab your drinks and let's go calvin it's friday it's aloha friday Friday. it's uh episode 10 as you can tell i'm a little bit more relaxed today i already screwed up on the intro (laughs) hey i uh, mean depending on where you live the drinks can be hot the drinks are hot here sometimes you need to have a hot drink I think I messed that up in one of the promo videos too, which is which is great. But uh, happy Friday, everyone! I hope you are having a wonderful week so far. And good news: the week is almost over. Uh, we have three awesome games on the schedule today, and then eight big games this weekend. Yes. I don't know about you, Calvin, but I'm going to be spending a ton of my weekend watching basketball. So. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm pretty excited for that. All right, so on the schedule today, we're going to talk a little bit about Luka Doncic, potential return in Game 4. James Borrego, or Borrego, however you want to pronounce it, is fired by the Charlotte Hornets. Robert Williams could possibly be back for Game 3 for the Celtics. Patty Mills wins Sportsman of the Year. And then we're going to recap all three games from yesterday and give a little preview of today's games. And then we're just going to talk a little bit about games we're excited for this weekend, what we're looking for. And then we'll finish the show, as always, with Q&A. You guys, the fans, we appreciate you all for joining us. And uh, let's jump right here into the show. Kyle, you ready? Let's do it. All right. So first up on the menu here, let's talk about Luka Doncic. Apparently, he could potentially return in Game 4. Coach Jason Kidd was asked if the word optimistic was the right way to look at it, and he (laughs) said, quote-unquote, that's a good word to use. So what does that mean? Dallas is up 2-1 in this series. A boost from Luka Doncic would be absolutely huge for the franchise. What are your thoughts on Luka Doncic's availability for Game 4? Well, it's everything for the Mavs, right? Like, uh, there's two ways you can look at this, actually. Charles Barkley said last night they'd be crazy to play him because they're up in the series. They're now up 2-1. They just won on the road in Game 3. They've got complete control now of the series. Jalen Brunson uh, is looking like an all-star out mm-hmm. there uh, for a guy that comes off the bench. So, it, But on the flip side of that, if you're trying to win a playoff series, right? So the age-old adage is you got to step on their throats when they're down. So bringing Luka back for game four might be the death punch, right? Like the knockout blow, basically. It could. And, you know, we also saw Jalen Brunson go down with a back injury in game three. He did return to that game and play well. 
but we all know, you know, how injuries in game can be much different than waking up the next day or then or two days afterwards. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens here. If Luka Doncic is ready, if the doctors tell me or the coaching staff that he cannot further injure himself, I'm going to put him out there maybe in a limited fashion. But you're right. The Mavericks do have the keys to this series right now. But game four is huge because they're up 2-1. Yeah. If they lose game four, it's tied up again, and they're basically back to square one. Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, it's definitely a, uh, you know, pick your poison scenario, I guess, here. But I think you're right. If Luca, if they tell you that he can't further injure himself, he's ready to play, I think you have to play him. First of all, because you've got to get, uh, you, you got to seal up the series, right? You have yep. to advance. And also, if you're going to take on potentially a Phoenix Suns team in the in the second round, of course, we'll see what happens in that series. But say Devin Booker comes back healthy, they advance. Mm-hmm. You want Luca to have a few reps under his belt. He's missed a bunch of games, you know, towards the end of the year there and going into the postseason. So you'd like him to be uh, a little bit, um, you know, ready, got, gotten out there and gotten some reps and played a bunch of minutes before that series starts. Yeah, if you watched the Warriors game yesterday, post-game they were interviewing Draymond Green and he was talking about how hard it is to return from an injury and how guys like Steph Curry just make it look easy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, being a shooter is a little bit different than something what Draymond Green does, right, where he pretty much has to do everything. Uh, you know, Luka can shoot, but he does everything for the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. So he definitely needs to be healthy to be on the court. Absolutely. All right, moving on here. The Hornets part ways with coach James Borrego. He has been the head coach of the team since 2018 and has a record of 138 and 163 in his time there. Calvin, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm not surprised. I mean, you know, it's it's probably the same situation as when most head coaches are fired. You can't blame them for everything, but they're going to take a lion's share of the blame anyway. Uh, it's a this is a team that I don't know if they underachieved or disappointed anyone this year. They were in the race for a playing spot. I think most people kind of felt that was ahead of schedule. Lamelo Ball has been a revelation there. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got some really really interesting off season questions to answer. What do they do with Miles uh, Bridges? Um, you know, are they going to make another trade to shake things up? They traded for Montrez Harrell there at the deadline. Yep. So they're in a real uh, interesting kind of transition phase where they seem to be on an upward swing, but for whatever reason, they just couldn't get the job done. And so it's time to look for a new coach, just like a lot of teams. Yeah, they're definitely, uh, you know, on the up and up. Sometimes you do have to make a decision and bring in a new captain to your ship. Uh, We look at the record. It's not great. He was rebuilding that team. They are playing much better now. Um, But, you know, I look at the pool of coaching candidates that's currently available. Plus, you talk about all the coaches that are on the hot seat right now. Yeah, there's a lot of good coaches. There are going to be some good names available this summer. So I I think it's a good move by the Hornets. um, But I can't cement that until I figure out who they hired. Because if they hire like (laughs) Luke Walton or somebody, then. Oh, man. uh, How does Luke Walton's name sneak into this show? (laughs) I don't know. All right. Next up, Robert Williams is supposed to be back for Game 3 for the Boston Celtics. Uh, big news for Boston or no, Calvin? They don't oh. play until Saturday, but they are up 2-0 and against Brooklyn. This is huge news for Boston. Huge news. I mean, this guy was playing 
you know, at the defensive player of the year level for the second half of the season. He is a huge part of what they do defensively, rebounding, rim protection, all that stuff. Uh, I originally heard when the playoffs started he wasn't going to be available at all for the first round, and now they're expecting him to come back in game as early as game three. Up 2-0, like you said, this is a huge problem for the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, I heard the same thing. So I, I'm pretty stunned by this. He's having a career year, basically 10-10, and 10, uh, while averaging 2.2 blocks a yeah. game. Kyrie Irving better watch out because, uh, you know, Robert Williams is going to have something to say about him uh, making all these layups. Oh, yeah, definitely. And not just Kyrie, everybody on this team. Yeah, yeah, it's a big boost for Boston. Uh, as we mentioned, they are up 2-0 in the series. They are headed to Brooklyn. Uh, the old saying goes, you've never done anything in the playoffs until you've won a road game, right? So Boston could easily lose the next two games and be headed back home tied 2-2, having a boost like Robert Williams coming back to the lineup in Game 3, I agree with you, is absolutely huge. Oh, yeah. All right, next on the schedule here, Patty Mills wins the Sportsman of the Year Award. Congratulations, Patty Mills. This award is given out to the player that represents sportsmanship on the court the best. I know Vince Carter won it two years ago. I can't remember exactly who won it last season. But uh, a huge award for him, and uh, congratulations to Patty. Any thoughts on that, Calvin? Congratulations. Uh, you know, this is a, a really great moment for these guys uh, to have all of the hard work and the um, their compassion and all that stuff, uh, you know, memorialized here by the NBA and recognized by all of their peers. So, yeah, congratulations to Patty Mills. Yeah, Keep up the good work. Congratulations, Patty. As Calvin said, yeah, keep up the good work. I'm just trying to figure out who won here. Drew Holiday last year. So it's uh, I, there's a bunch of good people on this list. I see Kemba Walker, Mike Conley, Vince Carter. Uh, Mike Conley actually won it twice. And Kemba Walker. Oh, Mike Conley won it three times. That's amazing. Wow. I see Jason Kidd on this list, Steph Curry. Grant Hill won it a couple times. Uh, I think three times for him. So a good list to be on. Definitely. All right, Calvin, you ready to dive into the the good part of the show the here? Meat and potatoes. Yeah. Yes. Let's talk about last night's games or yesterday's games, depending on your time zone. The first game of the day, we had the Grizzlies visiting Minnesota to play the Timberwolves. Uh, I'm just going to throw it out here now. No protesters in this game. No. So what does that mean? It means Minnesota lost. Exactly. That's exactly what that means. <laughs> Minnesota was up early in this game. They were absolutely taking it to the Memphis Grizzlies. Or sorry, yeah, the Memphis Grizzlies. They were up 23 at one point in this game. And then Memphis storms back late in this game to win. The most surprising thing for me about this game, Calvin, is Steven Adams is benched for Kyle Anderson. Mm -hmm. Steven Adams played zero minutes in this game. He said it was a shitty situation, but I'm sure he's glad they got the victory. I oh, want to yeah. hear your thoughts on this. Well, first of all, there's an APB out in St. Paul, Minnesota for a missing big cat. Uh, he was last seen at the Target Center, but nobody knows where he is now. It, Carl Anthony Towns, 10 fouls in the last two games, seven made field goals in the last two games. Wild. That's just not going to get it done. And yeah. I didn't like his post-game press conference either. I think there needs to be a much bigger sense of urgency than <laughs> I'm going to go home, drink some wine, and decompress. 
but you know, everybody handles adversity and all that stuff in their own way. And if he's able to bounce back and have a big game for, then it's not going to matter much. But I will say this, Minnesota definitely needs him to be Carl Anthony Towns, be an all-star. Uh, and, and that's one of the biggest reasons why they lost this game. This was a crazy, crazy game. Not only did Memphis come back down 20 once, they did it twice in the same game. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's ever happened in a playoff game before. And this is what you get when you have two really young teams going at each other, right? Nobody knows how to, to take to grab the bull by the horns and take, yep. the, take control of this series. Um, and that's one of the things, again, that they brought up on TNT last night about having that veteran leader. And for Minnesota, I'm looking square at Patrick Beverly. You yep. are not bringing what you need to bring to this team right now. Somebody's got to get in these guys' head, these young yep. kids' head, slap them around a little bit and say, hey, man, this is over. We can't let this happen. And I know they're they're making a big deal about how Minnesota didn't call a timeout there in that second run, mm-hmm. which, again, for a young team – um, you know, you've got to maybe take control of your of your team there in that situation. Call a timeout. Try to get everybody calmed down. Stop the momentum. Stop the bleeding. All that stuff. So, a lot of just um, you know, youthfulness and uh, inexperience on display here in this series. And Memphis, for them to win this game on the road, it's going to be a big, big problem for minnesota moving forward this is a game that that they really really should have won (laughs) yeah it's a home game right you're supposed to win all your home games patrick beverly is the new jimmy butler in minnesota but this time he's taking the starters he's not taking the bench right uh you know you watch the highlights of this game the first half is like patrick beverly patrick beverly (laughs) patrick beverly and then the second half you didn't hear his name called once i saw a few turnovers by him in bad situations um but Minnesota just started off so hot in this game, 39 points in the first quarter, 32 in the third quarter, but they had two quarters in this game, the second and the fourth, 12 points in each of those quarters. And as you mentioned, Memphis finishes this game on a 21-0 run. They actually went on a 50-16 run for the final 15 minutes of this game. That's incredible. (laughs) Yeah, it it is really incredible. Looking here at the stats, D'Angelo Russell led uh, Minnesota in scoring with 22 points. Patrick Beverly, 14 points. 0 of 5 from three-point range. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, Carl Anthony Towns, 3 of 4 for the, from the field. Only 8 points in this game, which is truly stunning. He was in foul trouble again. 5 fouls in this game, but he did play 34 minutes. you got to get more than 4 shot attempts. Uh, yeah. It's, it's just 30-something not going to work for your best it's, player. Yeah, it's incredible. And only 2 free throws as well. So... Anthony Edwards, uh, you know, 19 points for him. He's a rookie, or sorry, second-year player. He's been playing incredible, but you can only expect so much from these guys. You're right. Towns is the guy that needs yeah. to bring this team to the finish line. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if that actually happens. Uh, Desmond Bain leads the Grizzlies in scoring with 26 points. He had a huge game. 16-10-10 for Ja Morant. And then they had 20 big points off the bench by Brandon Clark. Yeah, Brandon Clark was really, really a big, big problem for Minnesota last night. Huge reason why they were able to come back in that game. So if, if I were to ask you, Calvin, game four is obviously a huge game. 
and it is in Minnesota. If Minnesota wins that game, they steal home court advantage back. Um, what is what do they need to do to get that win? Well, they need to come out and they need to be more focused. Uh, they they need to be less sloppy. There were a ton of turnovers in this game for both teams. Thirty five combined turnovers. Um, but they they need to just settle down and find a way to keep Carl Anthony Towns on the floor. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know whether that's matching him up on a different player or uh, just trying to get through to him that he needs to to play more cautiously defensively because. I'll give up a few open layups mm-hmm. if it means that Carl Anthony Towns is going to be out there hitting threes and putting up 25 to 30 points. That's what they, they need out of this guy. Points are at a premium in this series. This was a, a an anomaly, I think, because it was such a low-scoring game. Uh, both teams really didn't shoot it that well overall. Probably isn't going to continue in the next game. So they just have to find a way to... Uh, a, keep Carl Anthony Towns on the floor, and I think that will allow everybody else around. If he's having a good game, that, that'll that allow all the, the other players around him to kind of find their own spots. Anthony Edwards will perform better. He'll have more open shots. Carl Anthony Towns needs to command some double teams mm-hmm. in this series. Yeah, I totally agree. What are your thoughts on Steven Adams being benched? I know if I was the Memphis coach, uh, you know, watching the first quarter of that game, I might be thinking maybe I made a mistake here. Yeah. He stuck with it. He kept Steven Adams on the bench the entire game, and they end up winning. I just want to hear your thoughts on why Steven Adams was benched and whether you expect to see him in game four. Um, well, um, why was he benched? I mean, it's all speculation for me, but I, I have to feel that this series, we've said it before, it's a track meet, right? It, it's an up-and-down game. They're trying to play as fast as they can, um, and so they're going small to, to kind of counteract that. I think it's giving Carl Anthony Towns problems, too, matchup-wise defensively to try and guard Jaron Jackson Jr. on the mm-hmm. wing or whoever the, it may be out there. Um, and that Memphis really isn't losing that much in rebounding either by keeping him on the bench. They were plus nine, or sorry, plus seven in rebounding. Uh, in this game, and they had 13 offensive boards. Brandon Clark is a big reason for that. Him and Jaron Jackson Jr. together, really versatile defenders, can guard people out on the perimeter that Steven Adams can't do, uh, which is another factor here because Carl Anthony Towns, even uh, when he's not in foul trouble, he definitely loves to play outside. Uh, he yeah. calls himself the greatest sh- shooting big man of all time. So I, I think it's just a matchup. Got to back that up. In-series matchup adjustment, um, you know, that's something that when it comes to coaching in the playoffs that every game is all about, right? It's what adjustments are you making from game to game. And this one seemed to, like you said, go poorly at first, but it ended up working out for them in the end. Yeah, I I have a feeling that Memphis is probably going to go with the same starting lineup in game four. I think we could potentially see Steven Adams in certain situations, you know, uh, foul attempts, trying to get rebounds, stuff like that. Ultimately, I think the reason he played zero minutes in this game is that huge run that you mentioned towards the end of the game is why mess with the chemistry? Why sub guys in and out when you are on a killer run? And it paid off for the Grizzlies. They won the game. It did. Any last thoughts on that game before we move on? Uh, Desmond Bain, another super young player, uh, another one of these guys that we're going to be talking about for years and years. Uh, I like him a lot. 
as a as a basketball player, he really put together a great game. Um, and if he's hitting his outside shot, it just makes his team that more dangerous. Yeah, it really does. And uh, are you still picking Memphis to win the series? I am. I'm still taking them in six games. Okay. All right. We'll see. That means uh, Minnesota gets one more game here, huh? Does that mean there's yep. a protester out there? or? Oh, every seat is going to have a glue gun on it for game four. They're giving them away. <laughs> oh, man, that would be hilarious. All right, moving on here to game two. The Dallas Mavericks go to Utah to face the Jazz. No Luka Doncic, no problem for Dallas. They win 126-118 in a high-scoring game. Jalen Brunson, 31 points in this game. As I mentioned, he did go out with a back injury, was able to return and played well. Not sure how that's going to affect his status uh, for game four here. Bogdan, or sorry, Bojan Bogdanovic, 24 points for the Utah Jazz. Rudy Gobert, 15 and 7 on the night, 21 from Mike Conley, and 32 big points for Spida. Dallas does lead the series 2 to 1 now. They're talking about Doncic might be available for game four. The thing that really stood out to me from yesterday's game, Calvin, as they showed a stat on the screen, the Dallas Mavericks have not won a playoff series since they won the NBA title 11 years ago. Wow, that's wild. They also hadn't won in Utah since 2016 until last night. Right? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> that is absolutely crazy. What were your thoughts on this game? My thoughts on this game are that the Utah Jazz are done. I just don't see them being able to pull this series out. If they can't get these games at home without Luka, they've got no chance in this series. And I, I think that Quinn Snyder made the adjustment in the second half. He took Rudy Gobert out of the game. He played small. Mm -hmm. It was a good adjustment, but it's, I think, a little uh, too little too late here. Rudy Gobert cannot be on the floor in this series. He can't guard anyone. Yeah. for Dallas because they're putting five uh, wings basically around the three-point line drawing him way way out that's why Jalen Brunson is getting into the paint at will um, and that's the other thing for Utah we've talked about it but their perimeter defense all year long has been really horrible and mm -hmm. and Donovan Mitchell I love Donovan Mitchell as a player but I, I don't see enough effort from him defensively they're just continuing to go at him every time yeah. and people are getting right by him for layups so, yeah, I, if I'm Utah, just like we talked about with Steven Adams, I, I don't think I can play Rudy Gobert a single minute for the rest of this series. It's pretty wild. We've seen this in the NBA happen in the past. I'm looking at Roy Hibbert with uh, the Pacers. These big men, they have a couple really good years, and then teams start to figure them out. They start to scheme for them, figure out how to take them out of the game because as good of a player as they are, they're so limited in the things right. that they can do. And a good coach can find a way to take them out of the game. Rudy Gobert, I like him a lot as a player. It's just, uh, unfortunately, I think you're right. I, I don't think he can help them win this series. We were all talking about Mike Conley, what he can bring to this team. 21 points for him, uh, six assists, a, a decent game for Mike Conley, another great game for Spida with 32 points. I agree with you. I think this series is over. I think this Jazz team needs to hit the reset button. And, uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell needs some more help. Yeah, he does need some more help. Um, Boyan Bogdanovich has really been the only other 
consistent player for Utah in this entire series. He's been over yep. 20 points in every game, just like uh, Spida. But, yeah, man, it, it's all about the defensive end for Utah. Um, they gave up 126 points to one of the lowest scoring teams in the league without their leading scorer. Yeah, like it, it's, it's just wild. not it's not good, and it it's because they cannot defend the perimeter at all. These guys, you're, the bench for Dallas last night, seventeen for Maxi Kleber, uh, fifteen for Davis Bertans, twelve for Josh Green. I, I think Bertans and Green had had a combined like six points for the whole series. Yeah, <laughs> before that that game last night, so forty three percent from three as a team for the Mavericks. They're just killing. Utah with that five spread wide offense. Yeah, seven guys in double figures for the Dallas Mavericks. We're all talking about Jalen Brunson and the bag of money he's going to make this offseason. Dallas better find a way to to clear some cap space for this dude. If I were to take him out of the equation, who surprised you the most or impressed you the most on Dallas's roster last night? Uh, I'm going to go with Spencer Dinwiddie. I, I mean, he didn't have a great shooting night, um, but he's been, and he did foul out there at the end, but he, he has been not just great in this series for Dallas, stepping up while Luka has been out, but when they traded for him at the deadline, you know, to me, that was a move that was like, I understood, getting, I understood getting rid of Porzingis, right? Because I didn't think that was working. Yep. But the guys that they brought in, I was like, I don't really know how that's going to help this team. I was completely wrong, though. Dinwiddie's been great for Dallas since he got there, mm-hmm. and he keeps coming up with timely buckets, big-time threes. Uh, he's been really huge for them in this series. That highlight dunk he had yeah. in this game was yeah. really impressive. I was in the same boat as you. I was like, I understand getting rid of Porzingis's contract so that you have some more flexibility, but like, why are you bringing in another point guard? You already have Jalen Brunson. Yeah. You already have Luka Doncic. It didn't really make too much sense, but when you're – head coach is one of the best point guards of all time and won a title with this franchise, he's figuring out a way to make it work. Yep. I'm really happy for all the Dallas fans. I know Mike's probably not watching right now, but I want to give a <laughs> shout-out to Mike. You picked you pick the right team, man. I You're yeah. blowing up my bracket here. The Jazz are going to lose this series, uh, but it'll be an interesting offseason for Utah. It oh, really it's going to be. be a very, very interesting offseason. It'll be interesting to see you know, what these other teams do, right? Because I think the writing's on the wall that Rudy Gobert's not in this team's future, right? So, because I'm taking Donovan Mitchell over him, like, 11 times out of 10, right? (laughs) Hell yeah. So, if you're another team, you might be looking around and be like, okay, how can we steal this guy or how can we get Mm -hmm. this guy for less? There's not many teams that I think that Rudy Gobert really just fits in seamlessly on. I am going to throw one out there. That's the Golden State Warriors. If any team could absorb a guy like that and bring the best out of him, it's Golden State. They have a lot of young assets. They have a guy in James Wiseman. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. But if I were to choose any team, I'd keep my eye on Golden State. But the money issue is, is another obstacle as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Any other last thoughts from this game? Well, just that, you know, we I think we both agree that Utah has to make this adjustment and try to play small now. But that's going to be a major, major adjustment for this team because that, that hasn't been their style all year long. Don't remember. Not only do they have Rudy Gobert, but they bring Hassan Whiteside off the bench. Yeah, 
normally. Same guy. So yeah, the exact same guy, pretty much, <laughs> just the bench version of him. Yeah. You know, so it's it's going to be a drastic change uh, for how they play, and they're going to have to get even more out of Donovan Mitchell, Bogdanovich, and Mike Conley in order to pull out wins now in this series. I want to give a shout-out to Matthew here. He's in the chat. He's listening on his phone. Thank you so much for joining us, Matthew. Uh, 35 or 53? 53. 53. All day. All right, all day long. Moving on here to our final game last night. The Golden State Warriors head to Denver in a very exciting game. Warriors pull it out 118-113. Jokic puts up another masterful performance. 37 points for him, uh, 18 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals, incredible game for him, didn't get too much help, 18 points for Aaron Gordon, uh, but the Warriors were just too much, led by Klay Thompson, 26 points, 27 for Jordan Poole, and 27 for Steph Curry, coming off the bench it's here the nba's greatest six man in nba history it's wild how long <laughs> is this guy going to be coming off the bench for i don't think it's going to last much longer maybe one more game i said that two games ago he just got his minutes increased yesterday was the first time so yeah he played 31 minutes in this game yeah but you know minutes are always they're different just because you're a starter doesn't mean you have to play starters minutes no, right? absolutely I, I mean they're playing with house money right now right because of jordan pool yeah you know we wouldn't be having this conversation if jordan pool isn't playing as well as he is yeah the warriors take a commanding 3-0 lead they look for the sweep uh, it's unfortunate for Denver. You know, they had a decent season, 48-34, and 34, while missing uh, their second and third best player due to injury. One of them out for the entire year. Yeah. A lot Almost of questions. Almost both of them out for the entire year. Yeah, a lot of questions for them going into the offseason. Uh, Calvin, what, uh, what's the Nuggets' biggest need uh, this summer? Health is <laughs> definitely their biggest need. I mean... Uh, we, I think we said it, you know, after game two. I, I would totally take uh, this team exactly how they're already constructed and run it back if they're fully healthy. I mean, the fact that they made the playoffs as a sixth seed, avoided the play-in tournament this year without those two guys. Um, when you look at the rest of this roster, I mean, they've got some good players. Will Barton, Aaron Gordon I like a lot. Jeff Green is a really solid role player. Um, you know, DeMarcus Cousins obviously brings what he brings to this team, but... You just add Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back into this team. They've got to be much, much better. Yeah, I mean, Jamal Murray, I'm not worried about him. I think he's going to come back healthy. He's going to be ready to go. I'm a little worried about the Michael Porter Jr. situation. I'm, I'm reading an sure, article I right now. I think there is reason to be concerned, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, reading an article here saying that Michael Porter Jr. hopes to return during the Nuggets-Warriors series. I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, I, I love the dude. He's so talented, um, but this is another injury for him that he's yeah. had multiple times. He's had multiple back surgeries. I don't know if just wishing for health this offseason is the correct answer because – like I said, I think you can rely on Jokic. I think you can rely on Jamal Murray. But if Michael Porter Jr. is your key to advancing in the playoffs, how reliant can you really be on him? 
I'm not sure he's my key one key for this team to advance in the playoffs. I, I would say Jamal Murray and, and Jokic should be enough. Having Michael Porter Jr. out there should only be an ex you know, it's the cherry on on top, basically. How far can those guys really bring you? Just those two though? Well, they almost made it to the Western Conference Finals a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, these two guys are still very young. Jokic is now starting to move into the prime of his career. He's most, more than likely going to be a back-to-back MVP. Yep. And people forget, maybe they don't, but Jamal Murray, before he tore his ACL, he was playing as good as any guard in the NBA. Oh, yeah. So I'm definitely okay with these guys. As long, you know, in addition to having guys like Aaron Gordon and Jeff Green, Will Barton out there, uh, that's a really solid team. I like the makings of that team. And also, I, I'm not sure. I, I agree with you that back problems, what this guy's had in his history, talking about Michael Porter Jr., it is very concerning. But I don't know if they have an option right now to move on from him. They just gave him the supermax contract, mm-hmm. two hundred million dollars, and he's hurt again. Yep. So how, you know, if you're hoping to try to trade him. Who out there is going to want to take on a $200 million contract for a guy that has serious back issues and you don't know when he's going to be healthy enough to play again? Yeah, it's tough. Uh, I feel like maybe a team in Sacramento could make a move for a guy like that. There are teams that are desperate. That's true. But if you're Denver, it's it's uh, it's weighing out the advantages, right? Like, okay, well, if he's healthy, maybe we're the best team. We have the best three players in the NBA. But if he's not healthy, are we going to lose and not make it to the Western Conference Finals? What can I get for him, and and where will that put me? Right, like, is that going to push me over the top, or is it just gonna? I'm just going to get off of him and pick up some mediocre guys that are going to help me get to the Western Conference Finals, but then we're going to lose every year. Yeah, it's a tough question to answer. I, I still think, you know, like I said, these guys, all three of those guys, are really young. And they really haven't played a ton of games together yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm, st- I'm going to run it back at least one more year with these three. Are you taking the sweep on Sunday? Golden State wins oh, in yeah. four? Get your brooms out. This Get is you. over. No, seriously. I mean, it's just like the Philadelphia series we talked about a couple of days ago, right? Toronto gave their absolute best effort in game three, mm-hmm. led the game the entire way through regulation. Yep. James Harden fouls out in the fourth quarter. They don't play with Harden in overtime, and they still lost that game. So the Raptors did. This yep. is almost the exact same thing. Jokic has his best game of the series. Aaron Gordon has his best game of the series. They shoot 42% from three, 50% from the field, and they still lose. It was it, a close game. It, it could have gone either no, way. No, it was a yeah. close game, but that's that's my point. Like It, it just... This was Denver's best effort, in my opinion. Yep. This was their best chance to win, to get a game, uh, to get some momentum going, and they couldn't find a way to do it. And that was with the best free-throw shooting team in the NBA missing 10 free-throws yeah. in this game. Yeah, that's wild. Ten. That's wild. They got three guys shooting over 90% it's from ridiculous. the free-throw line. So, yeah, it, it's just too – there's too much to overcome for, for Denver. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's going to be a sweep as well. A couple stats to mention in this game. The Warriors win a road game in 24 straight playoff series. I think that's a new record. Also, Clay Thompson passes Ray Allen for third all-time in postseason threes. He is only behind Steph Curry and LeBron James. LeBron James. 
pretty crazy to think that LeBron's on that list, right? It's just, <laughs> well, it's just a testament. an awfully lot of, awful lot of playoff games. It is, but it's a testament to him, right? And the fact that, like, he's climbing up the scoring list and, yeah. like, I don't even really consider him a scorer. Yeah. It's really wild. But, hey, when you're the GOAT. What was the most exciting game yesterday for you? Uh, most exciting game was, well, uh, probably the Warrior game just because it was it was the closest um, game. The, all three were exciting for different reasons, though. Yep. I mean, that Utah-Dallas game was back and forth. The, the Memphis and Minnesota game was back and forth as well. It was just way huge, big swings of the <laughs> pendulum back and forth. So they were all exciting for different reasons. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm just a sucker for the Warriors being healthy. I, I love watching that team. Draymond Green is he's everything for this team. You, you know, yeah. Rudy Gobert, this is how we should be talking about Rudy Gobert. Guy yeah. that only has six points in a game but has a huge impact on the team's uh, victory. Draymond Green is, he really is the, the key to the Warriors team. He's what makes them go. Their three guards are so impressive, and they can fill it up. Mm-hmm. But they don't advance or they don't win championships without Draymond Green on this team. And don't forget Iguodala, too. He had a really yeah. important shot late in that game, too. It's hard for me to pick as well because all three of these games were exciting. And it's funny, you know, I was watching uh, Memphis and Minnesota, and I was like, man, this is a blowout. This <laughs> is a blowout. Minnesota's getting another one. I don't even know what's happening here. Then I'm like, okay, I'm going to switch to Dallas, Utah. I'm watching that game. Then I switch back. Minnesota was up by 20 when I changed the channel. I change it back, and Memphis is up five. And I'm like, what is yeah, going I, on I here? I thought that was wrong when I saw it at first. I was, There's no way. They can't be up five right now. Oh, man, crazy. Uh, it feels so good to be in the playoffs. But, hey, <laughs> we're about halfway through the first round here, um, and it's only going to get better. That's right. It's only going to get better. All right, Calvin, let's talk about today's games. Let's we have it. three games on the schedule today. Miami visits Atlanta. Milwaukee visits Chicago and Phoenix heads to New Orleans. Three games today. Miami's leading the series 2-0. The Milwaukee-Chicago series is tied 1-1. And same with the Phoenix-New Orleans series. I know your answer here, but let's hear it. (laughs) What game are you most excited for? The Bulls. Bulls Bucks, baby. This is a, a series now. Chris Middleton's out for the remainder of this first round. Yep. I want to see how DeMar DeRozan plays after 41 on the road. I, I had to go back and rewatch this game. Obviously, <laughs> you know why. But when I went back and rewatched this game, the amount of contested shots that DeMar DeRozan hit over Giannis in that second half was ridiculous. I think he was like 8 of 9 from the field when Giannis was the closest defender to him. Yeah. It's That's wild. just jaw dropping. Like it, man. It's incredible. He might be the best uh, contested jump shooter I've ever seen. Mid range. Well, yeah, mid range. I mean, that's where he takes most of his shots. But yeah. just contested j- jump shooter. Period. Like, I mean, I would give Kevin Durant that title. But the problem with Kevin Durant is he's so much taller and his release is so high it's not that even if you contest it. You really aren't changing his shot that much. DeMar DeRozan, his shot gets changed all the time by Giannis and all these other yep. guys. It doesn't seem to phase him at all, and it's amazing. Well, you know what they say. When he shoots it, it goes in. He shoots it, it goes in. 
Yeah, amazing season for the Chicago Bulls and DeMar DeRozan. I'm very happy for all them. And uh, I'm especially happy for DeMar and his agent because, you know, last offseason, he was probably going around and teams are like, oh, maybe you're over the hill. What can we yeah. really expect from yeah. you? And he's like, no, I've been working hard. I've been training. I want to do this. I want to do that. Chicago Bulls believed in him, and they're getting paid back, uh, which is great. As you mentioned, Chris Middleton is out for at least the next two weeks. That's a huge loss for the Bucks. The series is tied 1-1. They are in Chicago. This is going to be a very exciting game. Oh, yes, it is. First playoff game at the United Center in five years. And I heard you might be going to this game. I wanted to, but I will not be in attendance. Maybe you can go there in VR. Oh, yeah, there you go. Maybe. <laughs> so are you picking the Chicago to win this game? I want to. I'm a little nervous about that pick, but they certainly have a lot of momentum riding their way. However, the Bucks are the defending champions. Giannis is Giannis. Uh, so I certainly wouldn't be surprised to see Milwaukee come back with a great game and, and win this one. But I think it's going to be close. I think all these games, without Middleton, these, this is going to be a very tightly contested series the rest of the way. Yeah, Milwaukee's favored by two and a half, and ESPN is predicting them to win uh, with a 53% chance of winning. We've definitely seen odds much bigger than that. Chicago definitely has a chance here, and George Hill's still out as well. So mm -hmm. it's going to be a really exciting game. I, I root for your Bulls. Um, we'll you. see what happens. We'll see what happens. That is my favorite game to watch, but the most important game of the night is New Orleans and Phoenix down in the bayou. Yeah. Because if Phoenix loses this game, it's going to feel like the, the world is falling in the Valley of the Sun. Yeah, Devin Booker is out. Phoenix is still favored by two in this game. Uh, but New Orleans has been proving people wrong all season long. If they can get a huge game out of C.J. McCollum, I can see New Orleans stealing this game. Definitely. I think it's uh yeah, I think it's probably the most important game of this series. Uh Phoenix, you know, they have Chris Paul who's yeah, I expect one him. of the greatest point guards of all time. Game tonight. He's huge a game. he's he a game to. manager and I don't say that in a bad way. I say that in a great way. Is he knows how to manage games. He knows how to keep his team in it and make it just a one, two or three possession game towards the end of this game. I think he's going to continue to feed DeAndre Ayton. He needs to get him involved. He needs to get Mikel Bridges involved. Uh, but Chris Paul's got to have a scorer's mentality tonight. Yeah, now, I'm. I'm looking for 25 shot attempts from him in this game. You want to make a prediction on who wins this game? I'll take Phoenix. I, I mean, I'm. I still am picking them to win this series. They, I still think they're the better team. Um, I, I'm trusting Chris Paul basically to get this game. All right. Well, you heard it here fo first, folks. In our third game today. We, we picked all three road teams yesterday, and they yeah. all won. So yeah. might as well keep it going. Yeah, there you go. And uh, so our third game today, which is actually the first game, it's 1 p.m. Hawaii Standard Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard, and 6, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where the Miami Heat go and visit Atlanta. Miami is up 2-0 in this series. Calvin, what's going on in this game? Uh, it's going to be more of the same, I think. Too much heat for Atlanta to deal with. If you can't afford or you don't have enough time to watch all three games today, this is probably the game that you can skip. Yeah, and, and this is probably also the game with the least travel time going from <laughs> Miami to Atlanta. 
I think the Heat are going to win this game. I think they're going to end up sweeping the series, but you never know. ESPN, that's that's strange. The matchup predictor says Atlanta has a 60% chance of winning this game. They play really well at home. But Miami is favored by one and a half. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it's kind of strange. That, right? Clint Capella is still out. Lou Williams is still out. Trey Young has got to get on fire uh, if he's going to if he has any chance of beating this Heat team. Oh yeah, he's got to score over thirty points in every game. I think for Atlanta to have a chance, we also need John Collins to kind of get back in the rhythm. We've seen the guy return, uh, but he hasn't really been himself. I think they need a big game out of those two guys to have a chance in this. But yeah. I, I think the series I'm, is over. I'm already. predicting Bam Adebayo to have a huge game tonight. He he's played well for them in the series, but he really hasn't had any one of those big big time performance games uh, where he put up you know a bunch of points, cl- comes close to or hits a triple double. I, I expect him. It's his turn. That's the thing with this Miami team. Every game it seems like they've got a different guy that just steps up and goes ballistic for them i think tonight it's bam so you're taking miami milwaukee and phoenix i'm taking all the road road teams again i want to pick the bulls so bad i say if you take all road teams i'll take all the home teams okay i'll I'll go miami chicago phoenix oh miami chicago phoenix yep okay yep i will go you heard it here first miami chicago New Orleans. Oh, wow. I, I feel like something's brewing there wow. in New Orleans. I okay. don't know if it's a beer or what, but something You're is brewing. You're picking two upsets. I am. I am. All right. Anything else you want to mention about today's games? I uh, can't wait to watch them. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> I am so excited. As you guys know, we are live here on YouTube Monday through Friday. Uh, we try and aim for the same time every day. But we will not be having shows tomorrow or Sunday. And we have eight amazing games this weekend. So, Calvin, let's give a little quick preview on these games uh, before we jump here into Q&A. So, Saturday, we have four games. Philadelphia at Toronto, Dallas at Utah, Boston at Brooklyn, and Memphis at Minnesota. Jam-packed day. Game you're looking forward to most. Uh, Sorry, can you give me those games again? Philadelphia, Toronto. I think that's not, over. Not looking forward to that Dallas, one. Utah. Looking forward to that one. Boston, Brooklyn. Oh, yes. I was hoping that would be in there. Or okay. Memphis, Minnesota. It's, uh, there, actually, there's a lot of games to look forward to, I think, on Saturday. But uh, for me, it's, it's going to be the same answer every time if Brooklyn and Boston are playing. Yeah. My favorite part about the weekend games here in the first round series is they stagger the games so that I can watch them all. Versus yeah. yesterday... Yeah. I'm trying to switch back and forth, and I'm like, oh, they're up 20. Now they're down five. What's going on? You can't watch them all, which is so frustrating. But as we get into the second round here, that's not going to be a problem anymore. I agree with you. Boston and Brooklyn is going to be a huge game. We're going to see whether Brooklyn, uh, you know, has it in them, right? It's their first chance at home. Kyrie Irving's getting some home cooking, uh, not during the daytime, but at at nighttime. (laughs) Uh, So I'm picking Brooklyn to win this game. But as we, mentioned, this game. as we mentioned earlier, Robert Williams is returning yeah. for the Celtics, which I think is absolutely huge. If the Celtics win game three, the series is, is over in potentially four or five games. I'm also going to say this Philadelphia series is over. I expect Philadelphia to win tomorrow. 
not send Toronto home because Toronto will already be, <laughs> already home, be home, but Philadelphia will send have some vacation. have some time to rest. Uh, James Harden will have some time to party or do whatever else he does while they are waiting. Know. They might not have too much time if Miami sweeps also. That's true. We will see. And then uh, Dallas, Utah. As we mentioned, Dallas is up 2-1. This could be the game that Luka Doncic returns. Are you picking Dallas in this game as well? Yes, I'm taking Dallas. I, I'm. Utah's the most disappointing team to me in the playoffs. Yeah, I can't get behind them anymore. Yeah, I don't think it's even close. <laughs> I don't think it's even close, unless Brooklyn. But I mean, they're the seven seeds, and they've dealt with all these injuries. And you're taking Boston yeah. over over Brooklyn? Uh, no, I'll I'll take Brooklyn. I d- I okay. can't imagine that this series is going to be a sweep. I really can't. So I'll take Brooklyn to get this game. I thought you were going to take all four road teams again. You know, <laughs> Philadelphia, Dallas, Boston, second. Memphis. They're not I, bad bets. I am jumping on the Boston bandwagon. I think they're going to win this series now as much as I uh, hate to go back on my original pick. But I will pick Br- Brooklyn to win this individual game. Yeah, Boston has shown me a lot. Uh, I think they're a great team. I'm still picking Brooklyn, but if Boston wins this game, I'm changing my pick, and uh, I think Boston could go further than the second round. If, if they're able to sweep Brooklyn or oh, beat yeah. them in five games, they they could make a little run here. For sure, especially, especially if yep. this uh, Milwaukee-Chicago series goes long, six, seven games, something mm-hmm. like that. Um you know, health obviously is going to play a role for every team down the yep. stretch here. But, yeah, they, they've they got a great chance at going all the way to the finals, I think. They're yep. that good defensively. Yeah, and and they're getting Robert Williams back, yeah. which is huge. On Sunday, four more games. Milwaukee at Chicago, Golden State at Denver. We have Miami back in Atlanta and Phoenix back in New Orleans. Uh, this is kind of basically what we got going on today. Uh, plus you throw in the Golden State game in there. Yep. Uh, what are your thoughts on Sunday's matchups? Uh, I mean, it, it's kind of the same as as where we are today, right? Like a lot of these series, I, I think you're going to see Golden State advance. Um, that New Orleans and Phoenix game four is going to be very, very important, depending, you know, regardless of what the outcome is in tonight's game. Um so yeah, it, it's just gonna. It's another great day of NBA basketball. Want to give a shout NBA out basketball. to Flame Flurry Eleven for joining us, Techno Peasant and Matthew again. Thank you all for joining us here. Techno Peasant says Joel Embiid potentially has a torn ligament in his thumb. Not potentially. Yeah, it's been. Yeah, it's confirmed. What he does this mean for the Sixers? Uh, it's some definitely something to keep their eye on i mean guys have a lot of people have played through this type of injury in the past um and to answer your question in here will it affect his or i guess it's not a question but i agree i think it will affect his play for sure the the question is how much you know everybody has a little bit different pain tolerance um you know it's a question of how torn is the ligament is it just a partial tiny tear or is it more serious than that um, it's not going to keep him out of the game. So he's if he's on the court, you are expecting him to be the MVP like Joel Embiid is. Yeah, 
I imagine him still being his, his dominant self, but maybe he uh, doesn't hit these uh, threes, these turnaround shots, yeah. these incredible <laughs> ones. Shooting is usually the first thing that's affected uh, with a thumb injury like that. But uh, I don't know when he sustained this injury, but he he did hit a bunch of threes in that game yeah. three, so it, yep. it might not be affecting him that much. That's true. All right, guys, we're going to open it up here to Q&A, you guys, the fans. Uh, so if you guys have any questions, any subjects you want us to touch on, let us know here in the chat. And while we're waiting for you, we're just going to talk a little bit more about Sunday's games. I love them. They're staggered again, so I'm going to get to watch all four of these games. I know you're looking forward to that Chicago game. We'll see what happens uh, you know, today. Uh, because one of these teams is going to go up 2-1 in, in this series. Yep. If it's Chicago, and they're playing game four in Chicago again, this could be a huge chance for Chicago to take potentially a 3-1 series lead. And <laughs> Sounds amazing to even say. If, I, I never yeah. imagined that being possible. If you're the Bucks and you are down 3-1, you're heading back to Milwaukee, but you're without your second-best player in Chris Middleton. Uh I'd be a little worried. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, let's, uh, you know, not get too far ahead of ourselves here, though. There's game three tonight. Milwaukee yeah. could win this game, and, you know, we're not worried about the defending champs anymore. Coach picks. Matthew, what do you mean by, by coach picks? All right. And then, yeah, Golden State can sweep Denver on Sunday. Uh, Miami can sweep Atlanta on Sunday if they win today. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm looking towards this Milwaukee-Chicago series in this Phoenix-New uh, Orleans series. Oh, yeah, those are the games. Those are going to be tightly contested uh, and exciting for us fans to watch. This is what we're here yep. for, right? Yep. This is what we're here for. Matthew wants to know who you want as the Kings' next head coach. I think he asks this every episode. He's a diehard <laughs> Kings fan. Calvin, have you changed your mind in the last 24 hours? I have not changed my mind in the last 24 hours. Uh, I still like Kenny Atkinson. He would be my pick. Um, that being said, I think there's a bunch of good available coaches out there, um, and there's probably a, a couple that would be good fits in Sacramento. Kenny Atkinson's the guy I like. They The Kings officially got uh, granted permission to interview some of these guys who are in the middle of playoff runs, Mike D'Antoni, mm -hmm. Mike Brown, um, Mark Jackson, has also agreed yep. to an interview with the Kings. I know that was a hot topic on our Royal Rebounds podcast yesterday, yep. whether or not Mark Jackson is a good fit in Sacramento. So for me, I still like Atkinson, but. I like him too, uh, you know, but like I said, I'm just going to reiterate the fact that I have confidence in Monty McNair and I want him to do, uh, you know, his own due diligence and, and choose a coach if you guys do watch Royal Rebounds, uh, we had a, a post um, by one of our loyal fans, Gothin, talking about all the issues with Mark uh, Jackson. I don't want to read them all here because it was a really long list, but it is a yeah. good post. So check out the comments in that video we posted yesterday on Royal Rebounds if you want to look into some of the reasons why a lot of Kings fans and Warriors fans don't want Mark Jackson anywhere near their team. It's, it's a pretty interesting list. All right, Techno Peasant here. He, he's got, or she has the inside scoop. Atlanta game is going to be empty to start. They found a suspicious package, and the entry gates are now closed. Wow. 
That's interesting. But they're still going to start the game. Yeah, it's a tough situation. We'll see what happens here. I know that game starts here, I think, in like half an hour. Oh, actually, it starts here in like five minutes. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, it, didn't Atlanta have the same issue where they had to like walk to one of the playing games? That was Charlotte. Charlotte? Yeah. Okay. I think they had to, they were at, they were in Atlanta yeah. and their bus broke down or something like that. So they I had to walk. I think the road got blocked or something. Oh, yeah. maybe. I thought it was a bus issue for some reason, but. Either way. Atlanta, what are you guys doing here? Yeah. You're, you're trying to uh, do some underhanded <laughs> they're tr- they're tactics? Trying to, to they're trying to be like the Timberwolves, man. They're, yeah. like, they're trying to get some protesters out of the woodworks. They need to, maybe they need to let a bat loose in the arena or something. Yeah, no Manu Ginobili to catch that <laughs> thing, huh? That'll be, that'll be an exciting game. I, I'm still excited to watch. All right, here you go. Here, we got a real question here, Calvin. Beer of choice. Uh, does that mean, like, what... What's my favorite or my go-to beer to drink? Sounds like it. I, I guess. Um, that's a tough one for me to answer. I love beer, as I know you do. I love yeah. to try new beers. <laughs> yep. Um, I miss a lot of the beers that I used to get on the mainland, which is what we call the continental United States here in Hawaii, uh, because they're not available out here. I moved here from Michigan, and they have an amazing beer selection. So A little bit more than here. Uh, I could list... I don't know how much time you have, Matthew. I could list a lot of beers. How about favorite style of beer? Ooh, probably. I'm gonna sound real basic here, but probably IPA. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. Uh, I used to work at a brewery. I brewed beer. Calvin and I have brewed beer at home here. We have an Oktoberfest that's been sitting in yeah. our beer fridge for what seven. It's months been lagering now? for seven months. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be a delicious beer. It's gonna be a really good one when we ever get around to bottling it. It'll be ready in October, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. There you go. <laughs> September for the real Oktoberfest. Okay. Uh, but for me, you know. I love so many different beers, and I feel like there's a beer for every occasion, so it's a very uh, tough question for me to answer. Um, but I'm going to go even more basic than Calvin. If I'm going to the beach, give me a Coors Light because, Coors Light. you know, what works best? It's hot here. I need something refreshing, <laughs> something really cold, something easy to drink. Uh, but if I'm at a bar, much different choice. Oh, yeah. I mean, if I'm at, a, like, a tailgate or something like that, it, it's PBR, it's Bud Light, yep. um, it's... I'm yeah, not a Bud Light whatever, whatever is easily crushable. Yeah. But if I go out and sit down at a bar or a restaurant or something like that, I'm looking for... I'm really looking at everything, but... Yeah, and if you were go style a beer for me, it'd be a Pilsner. Uh, I'm just uh, a Pilsner kind of guy. I can't do college beers anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. All right, Calvin, you ready to wrap up the show? You got anything else you want to say? Uh, it's just about uh, game time. Oh, we got one more one more question here from Techno Peasant. And also, real quick, before we answer this question, I want to remind you all, we are giving away a $250 Fanatics gift card. If you guys would like to be eligible to win that gift card, all you got to do is go to our profile, Click on the video that says win $250 Fanatics gift card. It's a really quick video. Just watch it. Follow the instructions in the video, and you'll be eligible to win the $250 Fanatics gift card. And you could get a couple Kings jerseys, a couple Heat jerseys, uh, who knows with inflation, maybe one jersey or a half a jersey. Uh, <laughs> we will see. All right, Calvin, question from Techno Peasant. Great questions here, by the way. Yes. Do you guys think Jokic did everything he could yesterday, 
Many of the talking heads are saying that the way he played puts into question his MVP status as well as our reliance on advanced stats. Oh, it looks like the game oh, might wow. get delayed here. Bomb squad. Interesting. I think That's I definitely just... a, uh, a situation to keep an eye on. Watch how that unfolds. So hopefully they don't have to postpone the game. That would be pretty crazy. Ivan's getting a Bagley jersey. Nice. But uh, what were your thoughts on Jokic? Um, you know, first off, I just want to say regular season is completely different from the playoffs, right? And yes. whatever we've seen in the past couple games, we're really like, we're like a jury, right? That it's like, you, that's, you can't use that as evidence. Yeah. <laughs> you have to use the regular season because it's a regular season award. I'm still picking Joel Embiid as my regular season MVP. But I think Jokic is an incredible player. We mentioned he's playing with a depleted roster with a bunch of guys out due to injury. Uh, advanced stats, whatever your thoughts are on, on the advanced stats, there's an eye test. It seems like there's a new stat that comes out every week now. Um, I'll let you elaborate a little bit more on this, Calvin. Well, I mean, the first part of the question, did he do everything everything that he could yesterday? I mean, the easy answer for that is no, right? Like, he had 37, he could have had 45. <laughs> I mean, so... Could have had 100, did, Yeah, <laughs> did he do everything he could? I think that he played by far his best game of the series. Um, and as far as it relates to him being the MVP, I, I love Joel Embiid. I love watching him. Uh, he is one of the, probably the most unique center I've seen play since Shaq. Yeah. In terms of his, he's like a, uh, he's like Shaq with a guard's ability. It, it's just insane to watch. Um, but Jokic, I love watching him too for different reasons. I, I will still take Jokic as my regular season MVP. Um, and it, when it comes to advanced stats, you don't have to look at v many advanced stats to see how good this guy is. I mean, he was the first player in 50 years to lead, or to be in the top ranked in the top 10 in the league in points, assists, rebounds, and field goal percentage. Those aren't advanced stats. So it, he's more than deserving, in my opinion. So one of the stats that I saw that I think people are questioning is the defensive rating. Yeah. They're basically identical in defensive rating which yep. is incredible because, for me, the eye test, Jokic is an amazing player, but he's nowhere near the defender of Joel Embiid. I agree with that. But I'll also give you guys who are multiple MVPs that I don't consider to be elite defenders. Steve Nash, mm -hmm. Steph Curry. Mm -hmm. So defensive rating, is it important? Yeah, of course it's important. But can you be the MVP and have a low defensive rating? Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. But e either way, you know, if either of these guys win the award, I, I'm not mad about it. Like, both of these guys led their teams to the playoffs with a depleted roster. Uh, the Sixers going through all the Ben Simmons drama, uh, the trades that happened, bringing in James Harden. And then with Jokic, with dealing with the injuries to Jamal Murray and uh, Michael Porter Jr., both incredible players, both deserving of the award uh, and just incredible seasons. And as a fan, I feel just even more happy that I was able to witness all this stuff. I feel like a lot of people get trapped into these situations where they just hate on people because they don't like them. And, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I was stuck in that with Kobe for a long time as a Kings fan. But when you're able to 
finally sit back and just be like, wow, these guys are incredible. The things that they can do is amazing. We're all rewarded as fans being able to watch it. Oh, absolutely. Couldn't have said that better. All right. Looks like the game is getting delayed. I have no idea how to convert that here. <laughs> Six hours. So 1345. So that would be 45 minutes from now. I believe that's right. All right. I'm not a math major, but uh, I slept at a Holiday Inn Express last <laughs> night. All right, Calvin. I think we're all done here, right? Yeah. Time, time for basketball. All right. Thank you all for joining us on another episode. We really appreciate it. We will be back on Monday for another exciting show talking about basketball. I hope you all have a wonderful day watching some NBA basketball today. Tomorrow, Sunday, we are jam-packed. We are right into the playoffs here and uh, a lot of exciting things to watch. Have a great weekend. So thank you all so much. Have a great weekend. Don't forget to like this video, subscribe to the channel, and always remember to tip your bartender. <laughs>